Welcome to TV Time Out, everyone. I'm Sean Rainey. And I'm Ben Weinman. And uh, it was an interesting weekend of Big Sky football. We'll talk some Grizz. We'll talk some Cats. Um, and we're going to rank the top five most exciting plays in sports. This was all This was all Sean's idea. I'm really actually excited for this one. I think yeah, we got some you good... You can go a lot of different ways here. Yeah, absolutely could. I think we're going to have a lot of good debate and fodder. Yeah, and then I'm going to rant. Uh, maybe not necessarily rant on this one, but I'm just going to kind of... Inform? I don't, know, I don't know if I can inform. Um, I'll just talk about um, what's been going on with the Take a Knee stuff and kind of uh, my thoughts on it. Um, mm. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But let's start out with the Grizz where, yikes, um, <laughs> they had a golden opportunity um, at home up 24-6 at half, uh, give up 42 points in the second half, lose 48-41. You can kind of take this two ways. One, they were up two scores in the second half against – what is now the ninth-ranked team in the country, or that they gave up 42 points at home and blew one. Um, how do you kind of look at it? I think the latter. I, I Unfortunately, if you, if you want to so be – So you're a, pessimistic coming out of it, not optimistic? I'm very um, – ooh, okay. That's a, You know what I mean? Like, I mean are I, you, I, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's two separate things. So I was I'm, – I'm optimistic about the team – as a whole coming out of that ball game because they did, I mean, they did have a three score lead on Eastern Washington, which is a very good team. They're not Eastern Washington of last year per se. They're not going to, Eastern's not going to go potentially win a national title here, but they did have a three score lead in Eastern Washington. I'm, I guess for lack of a better word, pessimistic because if Montana wants to get back to where they were in the early two thousands, late two thousands, Winning Big Sky titles, getting to FCS semifinals and finals. You can't give up 42 points and a half. You just flat out cannot. I, I don't care if you're ahead. I don't care if whoever you're playing. You, if you want to compete for Big Sky titles, you can't give up 42 points, even if it is Eastern. And that, that, So that's why I'm confident that this – I'm glad this team showed progress. I'm glad the offense and Gresh Jensen looked good and, and they, they – the defense looked awesome in the first half, but you can't give up 42 points in the second half. It's just that simple. Yeah, I just – I think it was the way that it happened. I yeah. just feel like um, the Grizz could have done easy things to win that game. Um, There's a lot of wide receiver screens. They didn't really make a lot of adjustments, and Coach Stitt talked about it on Tuesday, saying they have to be able to take things away. If a team is beating you over and over again with something, you have to be able to take that away and make them do something that they don't want to do. I think that's why the Patriots are so good is because they can morph their game plan week to week and take away, like that's what they always say, they're going to take away what the other team likes to do and make them beat them with something that they don't like to do. Right. So put an extra guy out there. Make Eastern run the ball when they can't run the ball. You know, So that was frustrating to watch when they just couldn't do that. And then, you know, I said it to you earlier, but the offense, I know that they're fast tempo. I know that that's how they do it. But when you're playing against a team that also does that and has an All-American quarterback, you got to change it up a little bit. And you like one five-minute drive in that second half, Game would have been that over. doesn't even have to result in points, but just hold the ball for five minutes. One time in the second half, you win the ball game. Yep. I know that there was, you know, there's a drop touchdown and there's you know mis- misplays here and there. But if you hold the ball for one semi-long drive in the second half, you win. Um, so that was like just a little discouraging when you, when you needed that and you, and you couldn't get it done. Um, 
I think they missed a golden opportunity because if you win that game, then the Grizz are ranked in the polls. You're 1-0 in Big Sky play, and you're set up really, really nice. Now the pressure is on. Like, like if you, you can't lose at Portland State now at all. Like, it's a must. Well, let me turn it back around on you. Are you, are you now op- more optimistic or pessimistic coming out of that ballgame? I'm optimistic about Gresh Jensen. Hmm. He looked good. He did um, look good. He looked really good. Um, he can make the plays. There's not going to be, you know, a drop-off, I don't think, um, from, you know, Reese getting hurt to him. Um, he'll be able to move, you know, the offense and move the ball. So that was good to see. Like, you wanted to know – I mean, he's the future at quarterback right now. So you wanted to, to see him play well, and he did. But until I see the Grizz play better in the second half of ball games and be able to make adjustments, I just feel like I, we, we've kind of seen the narrative um, a few times before. And I don't, it's not, you know, the most optimistic thing. Um, so I, 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 just, I just want I want to see them be able to make an adjustment in the second half and, re- and really just you know win one of those games. I just feel like all these kind of fifty fifty games the last few years. I mean, really, besides the North Dakota State game, I just feel like a lot of these fifty fifty games they're coming out on the other side of it. Um, yep, and they're not finishing. So and, and I look at the next, and that's why your margin for error if you're the Montana Grizzly football team gets slimmer as you talked about because now these next three ball games before your bye week. Um, are critical. They looked there. You go to Portland State this week, next week, which you should win. Portland State not, has not won a game so far this year. You go to Idaho State the, the next week, which you have historically thumped, even though the last game at Pocatello was really close. You are a better football team. And a North Dakota, then you get a North Dakota State team at home that. Is not really. They won the Big Sky last year, but and they're picked. They were picked yeah, first this year. But, but this is this is what I'm saying. This is what we said last year. Like you should have. Yeah. You should have beat North Northern Colorado with your season on the line. Right, and that's what I'm saying. And like, you can't do it. You yeah. know, So like that's why it's like. If the Grizz like, want to make the playoffs, if, if this football team is is going to make the playoffs, they have to go three zero in this in this. Yeah. Stretch. Well, and for me, it's just I know that they have the talent, and I'm not saying that they can't do it. Yeah. But they just have this. I, I they just haven't proven to me in the last couple of years that they can. You know, because you you shouldn't lose to a Northern Colorado on the road. No, against a Montana State team that completes two passes. You know, so like until they do it, like yeah, I'm gonna be a little bit pessimistic because I want to. I want them to prove it to me that they can do it. And they're heading out on the road, and they're four and eight on the road in the in the Stid era. So they've struggled on the road in Big Sky play, losing to teams that they shouldn't lose to necessarily. So, um. I sound really down on them right now. Sure. But it's more like, all right, show it to me. Prove it to me. Right. And I think that's how a lot of Grizz you know, fans and Grizz Nation are feeling right now. Like, they just they, – they're, they're kind of tired of hearing, like, that, that we're good, we're playing better. Like, they just want to see it. Like, yep. prove it to us. That's what they want to see. Now, you are doing the sidelines this week yep. for Portland State, which, by the way, you can watch that game. We are airing the airing the game. Do you mm-hmm. know? You don't know what the it's Fox. I think maybe? it's on Fox. Fox. Yep. Fox. Um, One thirty kick. I, I should. We should probably I, know this. I haven't I, even checked the time yet. Yeah, uh, but you're you're doing the game. You're on the sidelines. You're kind of doing some prep work this week for Portland State. Uh, give folks at home kind of a sense of what this Portland State. Well, they like to run the is. ball. They have a true freshman quarterback who's more of a runner than a thrower. Yeah. Um, they like to run the ball. They play physical defense. Forty um, percent chance of rain. 
got two years ago, it was just a downpour, and it really kind of <laughs> screwed everything up uh, for Montana. So um, just go out there, execute, play well on the road. Um, and if they, if, they, if they can go out and play well and win by double digits and convincingly and just put together a game, um, the narrative will start changing, you know. But they got to go out and do it. I want to see, see them do it. So. Yeah, and by the way, just as a tidbit, a, a high school field. Yeah, they're playing at Hillsboro High School because yeah. the soccer team is and, in the And fun fact state. for you Grizz fans, the, uh, probably one of the best players that ever came out of Hillsboro High School, the Grizz just played, uh, Gage Gubrud graduate of yeah. Hillsborough High School. It's where he It'll actually be kind of a cooler atmosphere because in that soccer stadium, it's a really cool stadium, but, you know, it's 10% capacity when, it's they're, quiet. when they're playing there. Right. So maybe, like, the, the high school stadium will be packed and might make for a cooler atmosphere. Do you have a prediction? Um, I think the Grids win. Yeah. Um, I'll, I think it's going to be, let's go 31-24, something like that. I think the they Grids match so, up. So closer, closer than... So uh, by by a touchdown, they think yeah, thirty-one twenty-four. I don't think the Grizz are going to run away with it. Um, okay, I mean Portland State's solid, man. Yeah. I mean they played BYU tough. They should have beat Oregon State. Um, I think the Grizz match up well with them defensively. I think the Grizz are really good against the run, and mm-hmm. that's what Portland State likes to do. Um, so I think Portland State will have a hard time getting chunk yardages on the on the ground. So I think the Grizz get the win, and uh, we'll you know set up a for an interesting little three game stretch here. I'm going thirty-one seventeen. I think, I think a little, little bit wider of a margin, but uh, I, again, I would not be surprised if Portland yeah. State gives them a game. As for the Cats, yeah, they look really good. Whew, they look good. Um, I mean, North Dakota's really banged up. Um, yeah. I'm not taking anything away from Montana State, but they're missing like 12, 13 start, like 11 starters and like 13 guys in there too deep. Um, but man, I mean, they rushed for 340 yards. Uh, true freshman Troy Anderson, who I've said is going to be a beast for them, had 131 yards. Yeah. By the way, I just want, i mean, I'll give you credit. You called this one. I was—I was thoroughly on. Yeah, thinking I, I, North Dakota yep. State was going to, or yep. North Dakota was going to win. I picked it last game. Monday that Montana State was going to get in there and, and and win, and I think they got a good shot against Weber State, who's really good. Um, that's going to be a—I think it's going to be a low-scoring, what I call slobber knocker of a game, man. <laughs> it's going to be two physical teams. They're going to be running the ball at each other. So that one will be—that's going to be a fun one to watch en route. Um, cats are looking good though. They, you've, been, you've been really impressed with the the physicality of this team, I think. Yeah, and they just—I feel like they know who they are. Yeah. Um, they know that they have limitations on offense, but they're finding really creative ways to get Murray and his arm involved. They're not, you know, asking him to read an offense and and use his arm. Like they're using a lot of play action, getting him in manageable throwing situations, and giving him kind of one read and letting him let it loose with the one read. So. Um, creatively, I just I like what they're doing offensively, and they're playing really well defensively. I've just been impressed with this team. Um, they've had a brutal schedule. I mean, the first four teams are all ranked, but I mean, they could have. They almost beat South Coast State. They beat UND. If they beat Weaver State, I mean, they're going to be they're going to be ranked and, and be looking really good. So um, that's a that's probably the game of the week, maybe in the Big Sky. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Kind of looking around. I think that one's could be. Could be a real good one um, in Bozeman. So, yeah, I've, I've been really impressed with the Cats. Yep. I think uh, when you see the stat line that Chris Murray throws for over 300 yards and, and three touchdowns, I think that that should definitely raise your eyebrows a little bit about what what this guy can actually do and what this guy can be by the end of the season. His sophomore campaign, he's looked really good. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think he has a lot of limitations. Sure. If you can get him – I mean, sure. that's just the thing. If you can get them in, in third and seven situations yeah. on a consistent basis, he's going to struggle. We saw it against Washington State. Mm-hmm. He had, like – 
what, 28 yards or 32 yards? Or, True. You know, if you if you get them in third and long consistently, like, they're not going to be able to convert those. Um, but they're not in those situations <laughs> so far. They're doing a good job of not getting themselves in those situations by the way they yeah. run the ball. Yep. Um, so that'll be fun. So that that's, uh, that's my uh, cap recap there. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think we should go do our top five, but first, let's hit some music. Welcome back to TV Timeout. Sean Rainey, Ben Weinman. It's top five time now, and uh, I will give credit to my co-host on this one. He uh, he came up with. The top five sports plays, most exciting sports plays. So these are plays that make your jaw drop, make you jump out of your seat, make you um, – uh, make you That are just exciting for you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, I was going to go with some food, but I knew you complained if I went food again because that's all I want to Maybe next week we'll do yeah, food. Okay, okay. Maybe, maybe we'll, <laughs> we've, we've had a couple of weeks now without food, so maybe next week we'll go back to food. But, Sean, your number five, your top – your fifth most exciting kind of sports play. Um, let's go with a, hmm, you, you start, you start us off here. Oh, I start. Okay. Start us off. Um, I'm going to go classic, the slam dunk. Um, I think a good, a good slam dunk. See, see that when I was putting together my list, I'm thinking a lot of these things, um, these spectacular plays have become more routine and there are like slam routine slam dunks. Nowadays in the NBA, I think it's getting more routine because more guys can do it. We just are used to it. But when you see a good slam dunk, when you see a posterization of someone, that that can get in, especially in the middle of a game, that can get you out of your seat and, and make me jump and scream. Um, so yeah, my number five is a, just a good old classic slam dunk. Yeah, it's solid, solid, solid. Um, number five, I'm gonna go with a punt return for a touchdown. Okay. Mm, just because it's always, it could, you know, there's like a lot of guys that you're making miss and, you know, actually scratch that. Oh, we're scratching. I came up with <laughs> audible, one. audible, Omaha, I, Omaha. I came up with one just now. I'm going to go with the hundred yard dash. Okay. I, the I, I was I was actually thinking about this one. Go ahead. The Olympics yeah. hundred yard dash. Sure. Cause that's just really exciting. It's, yeah. it's quick. You know, there's a lot of build up to it. I'm going to go hundred yard dash in the Olympics. They say five. it's the most 10, the most exciting 10 seconds in sports right there. The 100-yard well, dash. I'm, it's the fifth most exciting <laughs> sports. Uh, my number four, <clears throat> I'm going to go with a hole-in-one. Um, I have – have you ever had a hole-in-one? No. I've never had a hole-in-one either. Um, it's, it's, pro- it's part luck. It's part uh, just factoring in, like, the weather and the club and the course. And um, When you get to see one live um, in a golf tournament and the guy – even pros go nuts because they realize how rare – a hole in one actually is. Um, it's definitely just one of the most exciting things to see in sports. So I'm going to go hole in one number four. I have that as my most overrated thing. Wow. In sports. Okay. Go ahead. Why do you like, think it's I think it's cool if you were there, if you're playing or like watching it. Okay. But I hate it on sport, like on top 10 when it's like number one <laughs> and it's a hole in one. They're always just lame. Like, yeah. it's just not visually that exciting. Okay. Like, unless it, and unless it's mean something in a, in a tournament, like, I just think it's the most overrated thing. Hmm. Interesting. Because it's just like a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of luck. But like if you. I mean, you, you have a good shot, but it's just like, I mean, it's luck that it goes in the. the but you're saying, so you're whatever. saying like if, like as a sports viewer, that it's not as exciting. But if you actually were there, you actually had the I whole I think if you were there, it would be a lot more exciting. Or, or if, obviously you, if, if you, you had the it. whole in red. But like on TV, like when you're watching it, like it's like, 
Yeah, cool. Like, it, I don't know. I'm just I don't get into pulling ones all that much. Okay. Okay. To me, it's overrated. Yeah. What's your four? Number four. I'm gonna go with. Okay, it's either like Hail Mary. Okay. At the end, or like the, uh, like well, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the name of it. Like the Tennessee when Wycheck threw it back. Oh, the, the Music City Miracle. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Last second, like punt return. Touchdown. Yeah, where yeah. like they're just like you know hucking it back, yeah. lateraling it, trying to, to sure. and it works, you know. So that or a hail mary um, is exciting. Okay, um, but the reason like hail mary is going to be up, I think, higher on other people's lists. It's uh, it's pretty high on mine. But I think just because like it involves so much luck, like you just kind of throw it up there, and you're just praying. That's why it's where you know, would like, you... you're just kind of praying that it goes in. So like to me, it's like I don't know. It's just where would you rank the. Uh, Grizz Hail Mary from this last weekend. Was it a pretty good Hail Mary on the, on the scale of well, Hail Yeah, Marys? like it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. It was, it was like, it would, but like you're this just like, You're just like, wow. You know, like you don't, because you don't expect it to happen and it's like exciting, but like, I don't know. I just, I'm more excited about, um, you know, like Marshawn Lynch's run against like uh, Beast the mode, Saints. Yeah. You know, like where you're breaking five tackles. Like I will watch that over and over and over again more than just a Hail Mary that just bounces into a guy's hand luckily. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because it just, I'm I'm more excited when an athlete does something like physically amazing that you're just like, wow, like Vince Carter jumping over a seven footer to dunk. Like, but to lo- me, that's more exciting than yeah. a hail mary. I'll, I'll I'm gonna defend the hail mary when I get to my okay. in my list. Right. Uh, my number three, um, I I guess it's kind of, it, it's kind of two. It, it's a buzzer beater slash half court shot. Um, one of the, it just and I was when we were thinking about our list, one of the in-game plays that I just remember going back to was, um, I want to say it was two years ago when Steph Curry hit a game-winner half-court shot against the Oklahoma City Thunder from like 40 feet out. Uh, shots like that still never get old. Like when you, when you during basketball season when, you know, on a Saturday morning you'll be scrolling through Twitter and you'll be seeing four or five different like half-court buzzer beater game winners from like the free from like the opposite free throw line. Like those never get old. I love, yeah. it's, especially seeing the reactions, the best. So like a half-court buzzer beater. And is that's my at number what three. number four. Number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> number three. All right. Um, my number three. And okay, you might debate me on whether this is like an actual play because it's kind of like, but like, I'm gonna say like a golf playoff. Or like a or Crickets. like a, a or like a putt a putt a putt to win a major. Okay. Basically, like the last hole or like a or a playoff. You know, like I feel like I am at the edge of my seat whenever golf comes down to the last hole, like that whole moment. Whether so, like it's not like a, a golf's a little different, so it's not like a singular play, right? But it's like the drive, the approach, and the putt. Maybe like the like the eighteenth like the eighteenth hole. Yeah, kinda. yeah. Like the, to me, like. If it's tied and it's two guys going into the 18th hole, like, I love it, man. It's mm-hmm. so, like, there's just, just so much to it. because It's two dudes. Yeah, and, and yeah. there's so much storylines between the two guys. Like, maybe it's Sergio and he always chokes, or it's mm-hmm. Tiger and he's made a comeback, or someone's caught him, like, or it's a right. young guy. Like, there's just, and the, and the lead up, like, there's just, you know, they hit it, and then there's, like, five minutes until, you know, they walk up to their ball, and you're like, what is he going to do? Like, and the, you know what I mean? Jordan, like, Jordan can Spieth, he make the putt? You know, Jordan like, Spieth holing out. A couple weeks ago, yeah, in the I mean, any, to win a tournament was yeah, possible. or like if any guy makes a putt, you sure. know, like to me, it's just like when it's so much on the line at the 18th hole. Um, it's like the and we'll get to this with my number two. It's kind of like the the build up. Okay, I, I love the build up and seeing what they're gonna do hmm. and the time in between. 
Sure. When you're like, is he going to choke? Is he going to do it? Yeah. Like, that just makes it really exciting rather than like one like quick flash in the pan play that doesn't have a build up to it. Right. Oh, I get that. I get that. Um, my number two, um, I'm going to go with a soccer penalty shootout. PK kicks. Ew. No, I, I, I actually like, I remember covering a PK kick uh, last year or a penalty shootout between Hellgate and Big Sky. And I was like nervous for the girls. You, you like when you, a guy or girl steps up to the ball against the keeper, you are like actually like yeah, yeah, I, nervous. Yeah. Um, and so when a, when a player actually, when a goalie blocks a kick or like when a, a player blows it wide left or blows it up top, like it kind of go, yeah, it kind of goes along with the golf thing, like my thing. It's like the the anticipation of yeah. the build up. Oh yeah, absolutely, you know? absolutely. Like, what are they going to do here? Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the I will just say one of the craziest sports moments in the United States history is yeah. the women's soccer team PK kicks. I guess so. I'm just not like super into soccer, so I wouldn't put it that yeah. high for me. But yeah. I, I I can see that. Number two, that's my number two. What's, what's your number two? My number two is just like end of the ninth, like bottom nine. At any moment, really, like when the game is tied, you know, like in the like like in the ba- World Series in, ba- in yeah. baseball, yeah, like like last year's World Series, like when it's tied or the team's up one and there's runners on and you're trying to close it out, like just that whole ninth inning is like, I'm just glued, but, I'm glued to it because like every pitch, like the game could end for either team on that play, like and I just the whole ninth inning of a close game of a close game. Like a meaningful game, so like especially you know like World Series or like, you know Game Seven mm-hmm. of any playoff series. You know I just think is it's just the the time in the t- in between. I'm a whole I'm a build up guy. You know like <laughs> you know and there's just so much like pressure and and everything that goes into every single pitch. Um, so again, it's not like a singular play, but like you know I would the then situation. say like walk off home run then would kind of be right the act the singular play. Mm-hmm. You know but like. How exciting was all those pressure moments, like in every extra innings game of the World Series last year? It was pretty good. You know what I mean? It was pretty like, good. It was incredible. You know? Could you could you say though that a ninth, a ninth inning could also be um, a letdown too? If a guy just gets three straight outs and boom, 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 like that's it. Well, like, I guess I guess it's more like you know, like when it's a guy in scoring position. Right. More, right. Okay. You know, there's more. Yeah, you know, that. but even but even when there's nobody on and you're up one and you're facing it's a one run hitter, sure. like it could be, it's still like people are gonna be going nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still a very ex- like I just think it's re- that's yeah. that's really exciting. Okay, okay, I'm not sure too, but yeah, okay. Uh, my number one is the hail mary. Um, I I my craziest moment, and I, I will quickly tell this story. Last year, brawl of the wild it was my first brawl of the wild covering the Grizz and the Cats. And I made you go shoot Loyola Eureka. And yes. You're mad at me. I was so mad. I, so Loyola and Eureka, the two high schools, are playing the Class B state title game. Which, by the way, side note, MHSA, why the heck do you have your football games on the same day as the Brawl of the Wild? It, it's, it's beyond me. Anyways, <laughs> I was really bummed. I had to leave the yeah. Brawl of the Wild. And I told, I told you, I was like. You're gonna have it's gonna be a better game, loyal Eureka. And it was Eureka threw a hail mary to win the state title. Yeah. Like it was nuts. Um, obviously, hail mary, as we mentioned before, hail marys take luck. They take um, a guy making an incredibly crazy athletic jump and just or, or, or a, sometimes or a defender just being out of position. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I will say that there is no better 
I think there's no better walk-off in sports to end a game than a Hail Mary. Uh, buzzer beaters are great. Uh, game any home runs are awesome. But the fact that a Hail Mary, um, it's literally you're throwing it up there and you're praying. It's do or die. If this ball hits the ground, the game's over and you lose, or if you catch it, you win. I, I love that. Yeah, I um, think a walk-off and a buzzer beater are so much better. No, I, uh, I think the Hail Mary. I mean, we've right. had, we've yeah. had a, cr- a couple of great Hail Marys in the last couple of years in football. I, I, think, uh, I think the Hail Mary is, is my number one most exciting play in sports. All right, my number one by far is a buzzer beater in basketball. Okay. I think it's just great. Yeah. Everything about it is just, I love it. <laughs> North Carolina, Villanova, craziest finish I've ever seen in basketball. Page hits the, the crazy shot, and then Villanova goes up the court in like three seconds. It's <laughs> the buzzer beater. Like, it's just so, I don't know, man, everything about it. Like, you heave it, and the ball's in the air, and you're like, is it, you, you see the rim, and you're trying to like, oh, it looks like it could be good. Like, there's just nothing better and then, like, it goes in, and they storm the court, mm-hmm. and it's, like, everyone's just so close, you know? It's such, like, a, you know, like, unlike in football, like, you know, you're farther away and removed. Like, basketball, it's, like, it's more intimate, and you're, like, right there. And it in the end of basketball games, to me, are just more exciting than any other sport in general, just because I think it just can happen. I don't know. I just love it. It can happen so quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, just, just something about a buzzer beater in basketball that – I think it's just incredible. It's also like the most deflating and most exhilarating if you're actually playing it. Like, like if you're on the bench and a ball goes in and your team makes the buzzer beater. Well, yeah, and then there's so much like going. There's crazy. so much to it as well. It's like who's gonna take the shot, and it's just mm-hmm. like sometimes it's just mano y mano. Like I'm going up against you, and we'll, we'll we're gonna see what happens here, you know. Yeah. And you shoot it, and if it goes in. You're just the, the the best player ever, yeah. even if it's like luck. Like when Paul Pierce hit that one, and he, you know, he's mm-hmm. like, um, "I called game." Yeah, I called game. <laughs> you know, like that's it's just great, man. I just buzzer beaters to me are just there's there's nothing better. Well, those are our top five most exciting plays, folks. If you have other exciting plays, or you think that we missed a few or missed some situations that should be on our list, hit us up on Twitter at Sean Rainey at Ben Wine. We want to hear from you guys what you think. The top five most exciting plays are in sports. Now uh, it's time to end the podcast with uh, everyone's favorite segment of the week, Rainey's Rants. Not really a rant this week, Sean. Um, no, I mean, uh, I mean I'm mean, i not going to like get all yeah, hooting and hollering sure. here. But I just want to talk about the, the take a knee thing and, I'll, and what's going on. Um, yeah, we were both very – we both talked about this when we came in to yeah, the office so like this my, week. My rant part about it is um, – I'm not going to, like, get into sides and who I think is right and wrong or necessarily, but I just wish that Kaepernick from the beginning did it during a different time and not during the, the national anthem with the flag stuff because I feel like it's we're kind of – the message is getting confused now, and it's becoming a flag thing when it's really not. It's a – it's – you know, it's it was about police brutality and racial inequality. Like that's why he did it in the in the beginning, and now it's turning into a patriotism. People are yeah, like and people aren't talking about police brutality and racial inequality. They're talking about is kneeling during the national anthem disrespecting the flag. Like that's the narrative. That's like what we keep hearing, and that's not what initially it was about. So like what I was saying, like, and I'm not, I don't know the answer to like 
how you protest that would have been more effective. But for an example, I think it would have been cool if, like, when he goes out there before the first play of the game and he's on offense, or even, like, the first, you know, time that he goes out on offense, you know, like, I don't know if you ever watched, like, the Panthers with Cam Newton. He always does this thing where he, like, he puts his hands in his helmet and, like, takes a huge deep breath and kind of, like, does a little, does this little thing, and he does it every single time. And the cameras always go tight on him when he does it. What if Kaepernick was just in the shotgun right when they get out there? And he's in the shotgun formation. There's like 20 seconds left on the play clock. And he just takes a knee for like five seconds on the field. And then stands up and goes and then plays the game. I just feel like something like that, everyone would be like, why are you kneeling? Why, like, what, why do you do that before every game? And then you can explain what you're doing. And then it doesn't get the mixed message with the, the whole flag thing. I just feel like the, the flag stuff is just – and I get it. Like, he's doing it, you know, during the, the national anthem because the flag represents, you know, the country and he's kind of, you know, going up against what is going on in the country. I, I, I get that part of it. But it's now just getting so muffled and, you know, Trump's now getting involved and it's really now, it seems to me, as a guy who's not super – political um i don't consider myself left or right you're, you're not political at no all. yeah but i feel like it's now it's just become like a left versus right thing right and it's not even we're not talking about why it, it, it started in the beginning so i just feel like if he did something like that from the beginning the message wouldn't be so confusing and i also feel like the plan when it when it first started was kind of like you know, it was a, a passionate, like, I feel this way, so I'm going to do this to try to raise awareness. But it wasn't, like, planned out about, like, a full plan of attack. And now it's, you can see it. Like, it's morphed into this thing where we don't, we're not hearing a lot of, of players all have a same message. Like, everyone's like, I don't, I might kneel, I might not, I might do this, I might not. Like, Well, now, and now they're kneeling just because they're under attack by the president. Yeah, that's, and that's why they're kneeling, not not kneeling because of police brutality or because of exactly, racial equality. Exactly. So now it's it's morphed into this thing right. that is like completely different. You know, like the Trump stuff is just, you know, they're just going like you said, like what he gets. He said, if, if you could listen to Shannon Sharp, yes, and what he explains about it, um, it's all about the shield and protecting the shield, and Brilliant. I think he said it brilliantly. But yeah, it's just morphed into this thing that it's not. And the other thing that I just want to I just want to ask people that. Because I, I would never kneel during the flag. I'm always the guy that I always have my hand over my heart. I think it's even weird when people put their hands behind their back during the national anthem. Like, I would feel weird putting my hands behind my back during the national anthem. Like, I got to put my hand over my heart. Sure. Um, Me too. And, and I think it's just respectful to stand at attention, the veterans and yep. everybody that's, you know, paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to have the freedoms that we do. For that flag. That's just me. Yeah. But if someone like Kaepernick is willing willing to kneel during that time instead of me getting mad at him and being like I'm never going to watch a Niners game I'm boycotting the NFL because that's what's happening burning now. his jersey yeah. yeah why I just don't understand why wouldn't you ask yourself why he feels compelled to do that I don't think a lot of people that are now you know very anti this whole kneeling thing I don't think they're really putting themselves or trying to put themselves in those shoes of those people and ask why are they protesting? Why do they feel the way that they do? 
because obviously they feel something because they're willing to do this. Like a lot of these guys that are doing this, like Kaepernick doesn't have a job right now because of it. Yep. Other guys have lost, you know, lots of money with sponsorships and, you know, it's easier not to. So if they're doing it, they're doing it for a reason because they feel passionate about something. So why wouldn't you try to try to at least, you know, do some reading, ask some questions, try to find out why it is, except I just feel like it's a, oh, you're disrespecting the flag. I would never do that. So you're an a-hole, and that's all there is to it. And I just feel like that's just – Oh, no, you're an SOB. Yeah. Make, and the, yeah. make sure to get that. Yeah, right. and that's you're just, an SOB. And that's just – I think that's just a dumb way of thinking. Yep. And, you know, and I don't I, – I'm not I'm, – I'm a white guy. I grew up, you know, yeah. in a pretty much all-white school. Like, I don't know – I don't have the answers, and I don't know what it's like. But, you know, I'm not going to judge, and I'm going to at least – do the homework and try to read and try to find out why these players are doing it before you make any judgments. And, and have, I just feel have like conversations. People, yeah. And that's the thing. And that's the other thing that like that Greg Popovich said is it needs to be uncomfortable. It has to be uncomfortable. Like you're not going to, we're not going to get any better if people don't get uncomfortable about things. And that's just how people are nowadays. They just pick their side and they're not willing to talk and be uncomfortable to try to, actually solve some things and fix some problems because they don't want to go there. And I don't know. It's just, it's just a, it's a sad thing. It's a sad thing to watch people, you know, boo and, and do what they, wh- what they're doing. And I understand people are passionate and, and that's what it is, but I just feel like everyone needs to try to be more understanding to, to everyone um, in, in situations like these. And hopefully at the end of this, everyone can unite but I just feel like it's just becoming more and more divisive. So that's my two cents. I think this, I think this weekend will be a watershed moment for professional sports in our country. I think we're going to be looking back at this weekend as this is the weekend where a lot of the conversations change. So I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of pessimistic, and I just don't know if I don't know if people can. Yeah. I think it's just be going to become like a left versus right thing, and people aren't going to listen to people. Yep. I just feel like that's kind of the way that we've gone, and it's kind of sad. But let's hope not. But we thank you for listening to us. That's TV timeout. What are we on, our sixth episode? Episode five, episode six, something like that. We really appreciate you guys i got to go anchor the news. Ben, you close it out. Yeah, out Sean's out of here. He's, he's off to anchor the newscast. You can follow us on Twitter, at Sean Rainey, at Ben Wyman. We really appreciate the follows. Obviously, Sean has more follows than me, but I would appreciate the follow, folks. Um, we really appreciate you guys interacting with us on Twitter. Um, you also can subscribe to this podcast. You can go to iTunes, um, look up TV Timeout, and then hit subscribe. And every time we drop a new episode, um, you can it'll upload in your podcast, which is pretty cool. Again, you can watch The Grizz take on Portland State in Portland. Kickoff for that is, I just looked it up, it is 3.30 on ABC Montana. You can catch Sean on the sidelines um, with the gang up there in the booth. Looking, for, for, looking forward to that. But again, guys, we really appreciate you listening to TV Timeout. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you later.